Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Hi guys, welcome back to Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. I'm here with Sarah Huron. Hello, hello. Travis Cronin. Hello, hello, hello. Gwen Flamberg. Well, hello. And I'm your host, Brody Brown. We're here once again to talk about all the hottest news of the week. We've got sexy times on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills with a little she said, she said. Celebrity daughters getting flashed. Kim and Kanye teary update. Bananas interiors of celebrity houses revealed. Very, very, very expensive necklaces and imported ponies. Celebrities who are suddenly single and pregnant. Engagements, very sad death. Splits, baby arrivals. Madonna being problematic again. And so, so much more. But before we get into all that news, let's set intentions as we do every week for celebrities. That's where we tell them to start doing things or stop doing things. Baby girl, Sarah Huron, who's your intention for this week? My celebrity intention is for Taylor Swift. Now, I would like to start by apologizing to Taylor Swift because I know that I have been very harsh on this very podcast about Taylor Swift. And while I stand by several of my statements, I have spent the last, you know, almost week sitting with folklore and it is one of the only good things to happen to me in 2020. I'm obsessed with it. And it also has given me the opportunity to revisit some old Taylor Swift and remind me of why I used to love her so much in the first place. And I just decided to ignore reputation and most of Lover and just become the Taylor Swift fan that I used to be. So thank you, Taylor. I'm sorry, Taylor. But my one request is for you to, you know, give us a little bit more answers with Joe Alwyn because I'm convinced you don't really like him after listening to this album, even though I know it's about like fictional characters. I just want to know if you're still together, what your quarantine has been like. Just give me like a one selfie. Okay, um, Sarah, to grade your apology, I'll give that something between Aaliyah Michelle and a Kevin Spacey. Oh, uh, pretty oh. terrible as an apology, uh, but well, it's nice to see you trying and struggling to turn over a new leaf. Travis, who's your intention all, for? That was Travis. so rude. <laughs> I was going to set an intention for my own malice against someone else, but no, no, I'm not going to do that either. My intention is for Britney Spears. Um, <gasps> Wait a minute, Travis, that's who my intention is for. It is. I bet it's not the same intention. If uh, it is, I'm going to freak out. So did everyone see the video where she was like, you know, putting the bottle of water on her boyfriend, Sam, I still can't pronounce his last name's face and what is like towel over his face? Yeah. Of course. Just, like be annoying. So I, my intention is that Britney stop drinking Nestle Life water. 
She has far too much money for that. And, you know, get a Fiji or a Voss. Nestle is just, it's just, it's that is Dasani. That's I'm sure there's probably some, there's probably some corporate issues there too that uh, we wouldn't like if we really dug into it. Fair enough. That's, I'll, I'll do mine before we get to Gwen because mine is also from Britney's. And after being so dragged into all the free Britney conspiracies, the content of the last like two days, that little fairy picture, the video that you posted that you just talked about and then the video of the the rose that was the soap that she put on her last <laughs> which is actually a pretty sexy video for the tub it was but first the, of all i have those roses and they are great <laughs> and do they really look irl like yeah. a rose yeah they do mm-hmm. except that soapy film like never gets out of the bathtub or off of your skin so that was the only happy part of that video <laughs> thank you for doing a we tried it um mm-hmm. an unauthorized we tried it but my she wrote And the caption of one, make sure you take the time and try to understand why all of this is happening in our world. What can we all do to make things better? How can we inspire the next generations for beautiful change? Then she went on to talk about miracles, so I kind of tuned out. But um, I I was like, oh my God, look at Britney, the voice for the people. And whether you're conservative or liberal, you can interpret her words and they can really resonate. I was like, look at her sort of just like, preaching this word that I think is like so positive and inspirational. I was like, you better keep on with that. Yes. I like the playful content, but I also love this, like inspire, motivate. I could leave out the miracles bit, but I know that's like part of her. her whole <laughs> well, Brody, video. you didn't talk about that video that she forgot to put the sound on. So that it's just like her walking in front of the camera with no music. It's so relatable. And I just, it just like when I get a little bit, I want more because I'm greedy. And so I want more Britney content like that. Gwen, who's your intention for? Well, Brody, my intention is also for Britney Spears. What? We've never had this. Perhaps you guys saw the picture that Britney posted in a full body henna tattoo whilst wearing a bikini. Well, my intention for Britney is to not be road testing this for a real life full body tattoo. Because while I like to see that her body is kind of back to like not... Totally banging body, Brittany, but she looks really good. She looks really healthy. Don't get a full body tattoo, Brit. Do not do it. And whatever you do, don't get a face tattoo. Just don't do it. It's a hot trend. And I'm sure, you know, as we've seen on usmagazine.com slash stylish. stylish. That's the one. <laughs> lots of, lots of face tattoos. But no, I love that bikini picture. And listen, her quarantine body is way, way better than mine. And she's working out way more, way more consistently than I am. You know that Britney's Instagram is the gift that keeps on giving when all three of you didn't overlap once with the references you made to things that Britney has posted in the past week. (laughs) So strange. We don't even coordinate these. It's just so odd. Um, Clearly, Armageddon is coming. Okay, let's dive into some news on that note. Sierra had a baby. She gave birth to her third child Thursday, July 23rd. This is her second one with her husband, Russell Wilson. Happy birthday, win! she captioned in her Instagram Horrible video. Horrible name. What? It's cute. And you know what? It's so it's really positive. Cute. She posted a photo of her pregnant belly and an incredibly amazing afro literally days before she had this baby. Yeah. I love that. Wynn is not uh, a name. Yeah. Uh, now it is. Wynn Harrison Wilson. I think it's very positive, Sarah, and I think you need to switch your perspective. And baby number three. It's horrible. But... Well... Happy for them. Speaking of W names, are you more excited for Sophie and Turner's baby? Sophie Willa? and Turner? 
Sophie and Turner. Sophie and Joe, that's Sophie Turner. And Joe Jonas's baby, Willa? Um, yes, because Willa is an actual name. Oh, you need to expand your horizons, Sarah. You need to really expand your horizons. Yeah. Well, Willa Shout was born. out to Willa Ford. <laughs> oh, I really could use a Willa Ford hit in quarantine. Willa, as we've learned from the source, isn't a family name, isn't short for anything, but is a name Joe and Sophie had picked out a long while ago before the baby's arrival. The baby girl arrived last Wednesday, July 22nd, and the rep confirmed that they were denied to announce the birth of their baby. So strange they never even talked about the baby or confirmed the baby coming while Sophie was pregnant that entire time. I love that they had a girl. Um, The world needs more girls. And I think that it's great because Kevin and Danielle have two girls. And now we just need Nick and Pri to have a girl and we can have a girl band. That would be amazing. That actually, I was like, where is this going? And then I was the Jonas sisters or the Jonas cousins. But I really like the Jay cousins. Since Sarah Huron, you have proven to manifest destiny on this very podcast. I appreciate you you saying this. Thank you so much for the acknowledgement that Brody Brown has never once given me. Uh, Well, um, you may still get it. Hold your breath for this podcast. Coco Rocha is also pregnant with her third child. She's five and a half months long. We confirmed today. And wow, this I did not see coming, but I feel like everyone else did. Tarek El Moussa is engaged to Heather Ray Young. Oh, yeah. Love it. Why do you love it? Well, I love Selling Sunset. I've actually never seen, what is it, Flip or Flop, Tarek and Christina show? Yeah, but then he has his own spinoff. Well, I've never seen any HGTV program in full, but as a Selling Sunset stan, I'm happy for Heather because this is definitely what she wants. And I'm happy that this will give us something for season four because I'm sure the women will accuse her of getting engaged too quickly. I'm sure they're going to, you know, slam something about it. And that's, you know, what I need. So happy for them. They should. They they should and she did. I I mean totally. Sorry, I'm a I'm a Christina Anstead team. You Christina are. Anstead. I mean I Christina and Heather are very similar. So mm, no, uh, Christina physically. has a hit has a hit show that I mean, she physically. helms herself in um, a I mean, in a very Sarah successful is taking over the world. So don't you in dare a very put successful down empire. Moving on, Christina Bonus. She tied the knot. Not. To Cressida? No. Cressida. Cressida. You say Cressida, I say Cressida. I was like, who is that? Uh, she tied the knot. Her name's Cressida. Quietly. <laughs> and Prince Harry was not there. Feelings, thoughts, sad. The one that got away. Could be. You know, I never really saw her as the one that got away. I feel like Chelsea Davey was really the one that got away. They just met Agreed. too young. Cressida was like, you know, when he went through his music festival phase, all good. I believe they remained friends. We've all been there. (laughs) It would have been interesting if they got married, not in these times, because we did see uh, the Royals love an ex-girlfriend at a wedding. They do, because they want to show that there's like no bad blood. Yeah. So I would have loved if they got married, not right now. So then we could have seen if Harry or Meghan showed up. And don't worry, speaking of bad blood, royal bad blood, we will be talking about some of that later on the podcast. But before we do, speaking about ones that got away, Tina Louise and Brian Austin Green split? I mean, so fast, so fast. We hardly knew me, Tina Louise. Oh my God. A source told us they're taking a step back from their relationship. Being compared to Megan Fox, every man's fantasy is very hard for Tina. Well, Girl, I feel you. That sounds like an actual nightmare. Yes. She looks so good, though. You know what's so hard? It does. Yeah. I have such an issue with this whole thing because 
I love Brian Austin Green. I, as a David Silver stan, and I feel bad for him. And I feel like this whole thing played out so weird. But at the same time, like every time Machine Gun Kelly posts a picture with Megan Fox, like something happens to me and I can't help but love them. And I don't know if it's just that dumb song, but like I'm kind of here for it, even though I think she mistreated her husband of 10 years during this whole thing. Terribly mistreated her husband, who she has multiple children with. These are facts. Are you still listening to that stupid Bloody Valentine, Sarah? Every day, Brody. Oh my God. And I still have not listened to one other Machine Gun Kelly song. I don't even bother. I just listen to that one. Yeah, you're not going to like them. I'm taking it very personally. Every, but every did you see that mirror pic? Yes, I took that very personally. I, I think it's an affront to Brian Austin Green because I remember Brian Austin Green crying on his podcast and saying, don't villainize Megan. She told me she's just friends with Machine Gun Kelly. And clearly she was not and is not. I love Brian Austin Green too. So I'm just conflicted here. I just, something about these twin flames, you know? <laughs> oh, don't even start. Listen, I would take that, that mirror pic, but then you put it on close friends. You don't put it on your public Instagram. That's just, that's unkind. As long as but, I can be on close friends, sounds great. Yes. Yes. This is another split that really became quite relevant, not just because of the heartbreak, but because it somehow tied into the Kim and Kanye narrative. Meek Mill and his partner, Milan Harris, announced that they are still friends and co-parents, but they are separating. They have mad love for each other. And this came less than a week after Kanye claimed in a Twitter rant that Kim had essentially cheated with him after they met up to discuss prison reform, which was bananas, because we know that's been something Kim's been working on. And she was partnering with Meek to try to push that forward. And Kanye put prison reform in quotes when he was tweeting about that, which awkward, but per Meek's tweet, there's nothing related there. Sarah, I thought they were splitting. Unfortunately, they're not. (laughs) That's not nice. But Lala Kent and Randall Emmett, what's going on? At least she didn't relapse. At least she didn't relapse. Yes, Lala has, her Instagram activity is always very interesting. She's either posting like several promo shots for her lip gloss line, or she's posting like black screens with cryptic quotes. So she sparks speculation a lot. And she also archives photos with Randall, her fiance, like every once in a while. And of course the Bravo blogs pick up on it and they're like, oh my God, they split. But then the photos will be back. And Lala came out and she said that Every time she gets into a fight with Randall, she's petty and she archives their photos and that they have each other blocked on Instagram. So he doesn't even know what's going on. So over the weekend, he was posting all these like family photos of them on a boat playing board games. And she was posting cryptic quotes and hiding his photo, his face from her page. So I I think maybe Lala is just bored because Vanderpump Rules isn't filming this season and she's trying to stir the pot. But she also was sharing um, prayers from the 12-step program of Alcoholics Anonymous and has been posting about her sobriety quite a bit lately. So I think she's, you know, might be going through it a little, but she's still with Randall. I appreciate when partners have each other, if they have weathered some rocky, dramatic shit to keep each other unfollowed or blocked on social media, I think it can spare a lot of unnecessarily hurt feelings, speaking from experience. <laughs> but they're also like going to get married. They need to get over that hump. And she needs to not yeah. try to try to be like, don't call them cryptic quotes, honey. Those are cryptic quotes. Welcome to the internet. Yeah, she clearly doesn't understand that Khloe Kardashian does it best and she didn't do it very well. And I also just think, I mean, sure, I guess to save each other 
heart heartache to block each other on Instagram, but you're, you're, you're getting married and you can't see each other's posts. Like, I think we have some problems here. Like, how old are you? Well, she is on Vanderpump Rules. So what she used to have like the emotional maturity of a 15 year old girl. Is that, is that about, yeah. Okay. Maybe 16. Oh, it's her like fifth season. So. Sarah, I know this is another story you're quite passionate about. What is going on with poor Riverdale star Vanessa Morgan? I don't know if I should even say poor because who knows what really happened because we sure as shit don't. Not yet. You guys, I am obsessed. Vanessa Morgan, who plays Tony Topaz on Riverdale, married Brielle Bierman's ex-boyfriend, Michael Kopach. I think you should say his last name, Kopach. You're asking someone who just called Cressida bonus Christina. (laughs) I think it's Kopach. Okay, thank you. Well, he, this is, I love this story because it crosses so many different demographics. She's on Riverdale. He is a pitcher for the Chicago White Sox. And obviously he dated Brielle Bierman, which is the Bravo of it all. So a couple months after him and Brielle broke up in 2018, he started dating Vanessa. They got engaged after like less than a year. And then they got married this past January. And he also had Tommy John surgery, which is like a big deal in baseball for pitchers. And he, so he missed the entire season last year, which is when they kind of like had this whirlwind romance. So they got married. Things were great. They went on a podcast in that January that I just listened to you guys. And she called him her twin flame. Oh my God. God. Oh my God. Put it in buzz meter. It's it's a twin flame. It's like the conscious uncoupling of 2020. The hottest trend, twin flames. (laughs) Well, hopefully Megan and uh, Machine Gun Kelly's twin flame burns a little longer than these two because they got married in January. A couple days ago, she announced she was pregnant with a baby boy, but did not mention Michael's name and did not use we. She used a lot of I. So people were like, oh, that's weird. So then the Chicago Tribune, which again, he's on the White Sox. So he's like more famous in Chicago, I guess, did some digging and found out that he filed for divorce in June. Wow. And her rep has come out and said, confirmed that he is the father of the child. He has also had a lot of mental health issues in the past that he's been open about. He deleted Instagram last October and put a whole thing about how social media really messes with his head. He cried on that podcast I just, I referred to about how, you know, his Tommy John surgery was so difficult emotionally and how he felt so alone, but how Vanessa was kind of there for him. And that's why he loved her so much. So there is so much we don't know, but I'm fascinated. And now Vanessa's co-star, Madeline Petch, is clapping back at trolls who are saying that he's not the father of the kid. Like, it is messy. You know what I hate most about this story? Every time you say Tommy John surgery, I imagine that it's a different type of surgery. Why can't they just talk about the body parts that it's Because Tommy John really surgery is very famous. Player There's no Tommy, Tommy John in my body. It could be like neck surgery. It's it could on be reconstruction. It's, oh, my, it's, Tommy, it's, my Tommy John hurts, Sarah. It is a <laughs> surgery that is unique to pitchers in yeah. baseball. And basically any pitcher who is worth his salt, he's using that rotator cuff and he's going to need Tommy John surgery. <laughs> yeah. And Tommy John was a baseball, like, the first baseball player who got it. Okay. Okay. You guys need to stop shouting. Our Tommy John's hurt, Brody. Yeah, my Tommy John's hurt just hearing about this. Um, but my actually, dad my, is going to die when he listens to this. Oh, I really hope not. <laughs> well, my heart actually does hurt because you, Travis, you flagged this for me. Tiffany Haddish was telling Carmelo Anthony on a What's in Your Glass oh. episode. She said, people are always asking when she's going to have babies. And she said, there's a part of me that I would like to do that. And I always make up these excuses like, oh, I need a million dollars in the bank before I do. I need this. I need that. But really, it's like, I would hate to give birth to someone that looks like me knowing they're going to be 
hunted or killed. Like, why would I put someone through that? She said, white people don't have to think about that when planning their future families. It's time to talk about that and how we have to come together as a community and work as a unit. Maybe we don't all agree on the same things. We need to find some common ground and move forward as human beings. That's, she's been really generous with being so outspoken through the last couple of months of dialogue that's really been pushed to the national forefront. This is so hard to hear, but a, a real reality for a lot of people. And I think important for it to resonate and for a lot of uh, white people and particularly, as she notes, to sit with that. But really troubling and also makes sense. I mean, we are still, so little progress has been made. People are still out in the streets protesting the abundance of racial justice, as we talked about last week. Still no justice for Breonna Taylor. The officers have not been all fired or charged or arrested. So thank you to Tiffany for sharing, but it's, it's definitely a sobering reminder to hear. Let's kick it up, hopefully lightening it up a little bit. Travis, what happened on this day in pop culture history? Oh my God, Brody, I'm definitely lighting it up. <laughs> oh, thank um, God. In 2003, everyone's favorite iconic, horrible movie was released, Geely. Oh! <laughs> I've never starring, seen it. You know, don't watch it. Let me read you some of the reviews. Well, that is, of course, starring Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. It was like sort of like advertised as a gushy romantic comedy, but it was not anything like that. So I'm just going to read you some, some of the reviews on the day that it came out. From Good Morning America. I was shocked. It's very bad storytelling. Another. It's horrible. The worst movie ever made. Unwatchable. Walked out in the middle. And during the premiere, like half of the critics walked out of it because it's so terrible. Because they thought it was going to be a romantic comedy, but it's actually Ben Affleck says the F word 15 times in the first 10 minutes. JLo plays a lesbian that he like wins over in bed, which is like problematic all over. And it's just not a good movie. But there are also some happy things that happened today. There were two wedding anniversaries today, and I feel like you might, guys might be able to get them. Oh, uh, we shared one on our Instagram. Oh, Jen, oh my gosh! Oh and my Jennifer gosh! Aniston. Yes, the the wedding that I wish I had been at. Well, Gwen, there's actually two. So yes, today is Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt's twentieth wedding anniversary. But That's so in, up. in I know, I know, twenty years since they were married. I hello old. And then 1981, there was another wedding of someone beloved, Princess Di and Charles, <gasps> wow. were married oh. at St. Paul's Cathedral in London on this day in 1981, too. Wow. Well, two that's weddings, wow. weddings and divorces that changed yeah. culture. Seriously. Yeah. And on the same they day. did really shape this culture. We're still talking about them all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And Gili, you know, impact as well. <laughs> and can I just say we're, we're that Brad Pitt... Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston both got nominated for Emmys yesterday. Amazing. Wow. We are going to get the, oh, shoot. Are they still going to have, do do you remember? Are they going to have an in-person? There's no way they can. I don't think so. Absolutely not. Not for September and certainly not in California. We can just relook at those photos from the last awards show that they spoke for about 0.2 seconds that we all acted like they made out. And there were, there were like a bajillion articles and everyone was gushing about their reunion, their gasp. Did you ever see the video? They literally yes, were in contact with each other for <laughs> 0.2 seconds. Because they probably knew everyone in the room is staring at us right now. The photos told a lie. And they were probably like, we can just FaceTime when we're in the tub later tonight. Listen, she looks <laughs> the best she has looked maybe ever. And it is the moment, the only moment that brings me joy in 2020. Wow. Girl, I feel you. <laughs> It's been a rough year, so that doesn't. It has been. It has been a rough year. 
Uh, well, we're, sorry, we're not going to be out of the, the roughness. Regis Philbin passed away. This was very sad. We confirmed on Saturday, July 25th, that he had died the night before. His family told us in a statement, we're deeply saddened to share that our beloved Regis Philbin passed away last night of natural causes, one month shy of his 89th birthday. We were able to confirm that he died from a myocardial infarction due to coronary artery disease. Oh. It's been very sad seeing all the celebrities and people who worked with him over the years share their memories of him. Have any of them really resonated with you or that you thought were particularly notable? I loved Kelly Ripa's like fearful reference. Yeah. I thought that it was, um, it, it just, you know, TV stars, they come into your home, especially someone like Regis. And when she was with, when he was with Kelly on air, they're in your house every single morning. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. that's going to happen more than, you know, if you're going to see your best friend. So like, I don't know. It felt real to me, even though there's been criticism. Sarah, any any that you really loved of the people remembering Regis? I mean, I think you always go to Kathy Lee, right? Um, uh, I, and she, she, I love that they were so close. That's like what you always hope for with co-anchors or co-stars. That's like the the dream sort of relationship, but so hard to maintain, you know. Yeah. I love that she talked about how she like went over to the house and sat with Joy and Regis's daughters and they, you know, comforted her, comforted each other in that time. I mean, it's sad. He lived an amazing life, almost 89 and, you know, was on our TV forever. Um, But I also love that people were tweeting like, you know, you you and you would fake sick to stay home. Like Regis was one of those faces you would see. (laughs) And I Mm -hmm. I felt that. I loved it. a fake sick to stay home and watch The Price is Right, like a good a good morning television moment. So yeah, obviously really sad, but he was it's, he's one of those people that you don't read a bad thing about. Were you staying home sick from school with your Munchausen's um, disease? Yeah, I was actually. <laughs> don't worry, we're going to talk about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills in a minute once we get through this section. But also, sadly, Olivia de Havilland passed away. At 104. That's that's not sad. That's incredible. That's and mind-blowing. Good gorgeous, for her. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Until, still, yes, you know, still riding her, her bike. Into her hundreds. God bless yeah, her. She, she was like riding her bike last year at 103. Amazing. And she is obviously best known for her portrayal of Melanie Hamilton in the 1939 film Gone with the Wind, which, that's, and she passed away in Paris. Okay, we need to talk about Megan Thee Stallion. I have been so concerned about Megan Thee Stallion since that horrible incident that she had shared about where she was shot. We don't know the details of who was doing the shooting. We have some hunches. We can't say who we think it is, but somebody definitely... We know who it is, Brody. We, we, we basically do know who it is, but until the police or that person apologizes or the police confirm, we have to sort of dance around it. But Megan said... On Instagram Live, I was shot in both of my feet and I had to get surgery to get the shit taken out, to get the bullets taken out. I had to get surgery. It was super scary. It was the worst experience of my life. And it's not funny. It's nothing to joke about. Nothing for y'all to go and be making fake stories about. I didn't put my hands on nobody. I didn't deserve to get shot. I didn't do shit. People are making fun of her on social media, which is unbelievably messed up. And I think an example of massage noir. And she said... Thank God the bullets didn't touch my bones. They didn't break tendons. I know my mama and daddy, my granny had to be looking out for me with that one because where the bullets hit at, they missed everything. Like that is uh, really, really, really scary. Then she shared a picture of herself that said unbreakable, which I loved. And then she flashed this massive diamond necklace and fancy watch. And I'm like, listen, you just went through the worst, scariest experience of your life. You wear whatever you want. You celebrate however you want. 
And we we had confirmed that she got this necklace earlier this year. Gwen, there's a little bit of information on usmagazine.com slash stylish. Yeah, so the necklace is from a brand called Eliante and Company. The designer okay. is this man named Elliot, and Megan actually designed the piece with Elliot to really reflect her style. It is 155 carats of all natural diamonds in set in one kilo of 14 karat gold. And that little necklace, Broding, costs $425,000. Oh my God. It's that a is... chain, by the way, not a necklace. It's definitely a chain. It's like a piece. It's like a neck yeah. piece. If you yeah. want to see pictures, go to usmagazine.com slash stylish to get the full boot. You won't regret it. You won't. <laughs> I'm thinking what I would do with $425,000. It would not be by a necklace. But says you know what? It. She she can do whatever she wants. And that necklace, did I read correctly? It took six months to make that necklace. From, I mean, look To at complete. That. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, shine bright like a diamond. Um, I don't know you what know, is more gaudy, that or Demi Lovato's engagement ring. Oh. Demi's ring is pretty amazing. I, I think I like Demi's ring is pretty incredible, too. I think, I think both, it's so listen, ugly. Oh, what? Sarah, can you celebrate anyone or anything? I think it's big and beautiful. I celebrated Taylor Swift for the first time in a decade. That, the was, the that was the crappiest celebration. That was like, <laughs> if you came to my birthday party and only ate cake, no gifts, no balloons, no happy birthday. That's, I that mean, doesn't I'm, count. I'm happy, I'm happy for Demi and I hope it works out. I have my doubts. But I think that that ring is ugly and that's my prerogative. You are a hideous hater, and I don't like what quarantine has made you become. Uh, you know what I also don't like? And I don't resent Megan for getting this necklace because I think she should be celebrated and do whatever she wants. But Kylie Jenner getting Stormy a $200,000 pony? Listen, it's her money. We know she's got a ton of it, even though Forbes doesn't want to call her a billionaire. But that, that $200,000 pony? She had to pay seventeen grand to get it shipped from the Netherlands. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you are feeling any sort of cash-strapped stress as a result of what's going on in the world, I think reading these stories can make you sweat or grit your teeth or growl in rage. But at the end of the day, it's your money. You spend it as you see fit, even if it's on a little animal that your two-year-old will not remember because the pony probably won't live that long, but you do you, Kylie. The best part is that the pony's name is Elsa. So it's like, oh, she needed to buy her a frozen pony, but it's like, they could just name any old pony Elsa. Yeah, like, why did they from the Netherlands? <laughs> they could. It's so crazy. People get so hung up on animal names. So it's like, oh, I can change it to anything. And other people are like, no, you can't. And I'm like, the, the animal will not remember or you can retrain and it. And neither will Stormy. No, oh, but the internet will. The internet, sure. Well, maybe she did it for the gram. Uh, guys, I'm kind of surprised that after four months of their debut, Ben and Anna are still going strong. Aren't you? I like ben it. Ben like Anna to Armas? I like it a lot. I like it too. I think quarantine probably allows it to. They're there. They're, they're traveling in LA. For movies. It's kind of quite, they've traveled a little bit, but they're not going away for movies. I think all the distance can be difficult. A source told us that Ben is so sweet to Anna and does everything he can to make her happy. She can say anything, lunch, trips, whatever. He'll make it happen. Mm. I'm just... I mean, I, I, there was a cardboard cutout of her on his lawn, so... 
we we hadn't seen them walking the dog together for days. We saw her walking the dog solo, and I was like, "Uh oh, have they split?" But lo and behold, the next day they're out and about with the dog, with the Dunkin' day, Donuts another... and the pound of sugar at the bottom of his iced coffee cup. Uh, okay, well, but now you're now you're the coffee police. There, mental. I know. Jeez, ways can they live? I'm actually glad I'm you did go. because. You know, they haven't been going strong as long, but I'm probably more shocked that Kate Beckinsale, a 47-year-old Kate Beckinsale, and her 23-year-old boyfriend, Goody Grace, are still going strong and saying, I love you to each other on Instagram. Good for them. If they're at the point of saying, I love you to each other on Instagram, we're in July, and they got together, we first saw them in April, this had to have been happening. You don't just start off with an I love you on Instagram. This had to be, they had to be saying, I love you in May. I don't know. I think she moves fast. Yeah. I think she does too. I could see her double dating with Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. Oh. <laughs> oh wow. I want I that. I want that. that. I want Me that. Too. I want that so Good much. Intention. I want that so much. You know what I also want? I just want a house tour of Bella Thorne's house. Did you guys see the picture? She put her house in Sherman Oaks on the market for $2.55 million. The entire exterior is hot pink. You know how much I love Bella Thorne. But then we get inside and I'm like, okay, the princess scheme, it's kind of like if a kid took over just decorating the house. There's lots of like fake fur, feathers, I think fake plants in the bathroom. There's a raptor wearing a tutu and a tea party, Brody. (laughs) There are some bold choices, maybe not the best choices. At least it's a point of view. Did you see Gigi Hadid share the inside of her New York City apartment? I was not into it. Were you guys? I wasn't either. When? What didn't you like? I thought the kitchen was like the most hideously ugly kitchen I've ever seen. And I don't understand. She has all the money in the world. And it's a chic, sleek. I know the building where she lives. I always see the paths out front. It's It's a sleek, chic building. And she made like a weird country home in there. I don't get it. Not in Hawaii, Regan. The cupboards with like the dyed Terrible. and dried pasta. I was People like, People on Twitter were comparing it to a hostel. Oh, <laughs> it looked like a hostel. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Kendall Jenner just posted her LA home. And cheek, cheek. Most, I want to move in. It's going to make you so depressed. She's is got like it, a movie theater office. Situation. It's like just absurd. She is a copper bathtub. She posted it. Gorgeous. I guess we're past the point of people being concerned about what content they're putting out to be sensitive about what's going on <laughs> in the world and coronavirus and people, you know, having harder times. They're like, well, oh, let me just go back to flaunting my wealth again. Yeah. Cool. You know what? What flaunting I did like? Martha Stewart. Amazing. At the side That's of the crazy. pool. Incredible. 78 years old, people. She looks gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I love Martha Stewart. I'm so excited about her new show. She was up on the edge of the pool. I'm sure everyone's seen it. Then Chelsea Handler replicated her picture and she was like doing a Martha. And then Martha was not was impressed. Talking. She was not impressed, but she I did tell either. her. Chelsea Handler was always trying to steal attention. I know it was, it was a definite clout. But guys, too. you cannot steal attention from Martha. And this is not the only time that she's looked amazing. If you want to see several times over the years that Martha Stewart looks like a hot piece, <laughs> just go to usmagazine.com slash stylish. The pictures might surprise you. Gwen, Wait, Gwen, she's- I'm on usmagazine.com slash stylish right now and I'm seeing these photos of you and the stylish writers trying on lipsticks. Because, Sarah, drum roll, please. 
It is National Lipstick Day. Oh my God! Happy Gwen National Flamer Lipstick is on the home Day page right now. Wow! I am. Is it a picture of me? I love that. It is a picture of you. <laughs> love it. Martha is developing a CBD skincare line, but Mark. she said she right. Of course, I wish she would actually be also developing some weed recipes. But she said she took up. Chelsea Handler's challenge to smoke a joint with her. She said she hasn't smoked a joint since the 1960s. I don't so believe from- that because she's so close with Snoop Dogg. I don't think they just bake cookies, if you know what I mean. I, I honestly think she's like goody goody and she is not going to mess things up. True. And like, l- she doesn't want to go back to jail. Right. And unfortunately, in New York State, we have draconian drug laws. So I wanted this to be what celebrity duo would you like to roll a joint? and blaze with for and blaze with but we can't legally do that in new york because we have a governor more interested in keeping people in prison and exploiting them for labor and uninterested in putting weed legislation on our state legislative agenda because he clearly thinks it's fine to disproportionately police and punish black and brown people for weed crimes even though rates of weed usage but i am hashtag homosexual so you just lay off the governor brody i knew knew i was gonna get a rise out of you Stick to the celebrity news. Okay, we're getting back to it. Well, Well, Cynthia Nixon was the celebrity. That was like her big platform and it was going to be so great. She was. And hello, we're in New York. The people are demanding it. But whatever. Sarah, which two celebrities would you like to see smoke a joint? A la Martha and Chelsea Handler? I would go over to Casa Cyrus and smoke with Billy and Tish. (sighs) Oh my God. Billy Ray Miley, you know, gave them... Gave Tish recently came out and detailed how the first time she smoked because Miley where she's on tour with Miley and now those two are like obsessed and Miley's actually sober. So I think it would be fun just to hang out with the whole Cyrus fam with a little treat. Ooh, I really like that. Travis, what about you? Okay, well, I have two and then one who's just there for accompaniment. I want Megan the Stallion and Lizzo to smoke mm. a big joint together, but I also want Charlie Puth there to like play the piano because I want them to get stoned <laughs> and like create really fun music. And I think they would all sound so good together. Charlie Puth. Yeah, he plays the um, piano. He can't join the blunt though. I'm into that, it. Oh my God. Gwen, what about you? I would like for Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston to get oh. together and smoke oh, a doobie to celebrate their 20th anniversary. <laughs> Smoke a joint, burn hard, eat tacos, revisit the way you were. That's a that's a party. That is really good. Story, Brad and Jen, the way they were. That is so good. Mine, I love Nailed It, the host of Nailed It, uh, Nicole Byer. I love her so much. I said her and Jen, and this is like a very basic bitch um, desire me, but Jennifer Lawrence. Wait, Nailed It, the baking show. Yeah. Yes. My friend, try- one of my best girlfriends won the first season. Oh. She, but was she a terrible baker? Because it's it's bad bakers who are like trying to replicate these very difficult desserts. She was on the first season. Elena. She won. Good for her. Damn. Get that check. Yeah. Nicole Byer just made um, history as the first black woman, I believe, for us to be nominated for an Emmy for hosting. Wow. Amazing. If I'm wrong, is- I, I, I think I read that somewhere. <laughs> no fake news, Sarah. You, I'm you sure can, that's true. You you can double source that while I we talk right about <laughs> while we talk about Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. Guys, Crazy. every day another update. Really sad. So Kim 
went to Wendy's. Well, no, okay, we're missing some details. Kim flew to Wyoming and then she and Kanye went to Wendy's where she was papped in a car, photographed, crying. Now, this came two days after a source told us that Kanye had visited a hospital over the weekend to deal with his anxiety. And this came a day after he apologized to Kim on Twitter and said, I would like to apologize to my wife, Kim, for going public with something that was a private matter. Please forgive me. I want to say, I know I hurt you. Thank you for always being there for me. This is so odd because like, as we've talked about before, real apologies have to happen in private first. But we heard from sources, they weren't really communicating, but I don't think Kanye is necessarily operating like most people would expect or hope would. And so this is what we're going to get. A source told us that Kim was obviously deeply upset with Kanye for talking about their personal life and for making matters that are very personal to to them and their family public. A source told us that Kanye had been experiencing a lot of anxiety lately. He's been surrounded by a lot of people and started to feel really overwhelmed. We also saw that Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin went and visited him in Wyoming. This is after we had reported last week that Dave Chappelle was there. Is that the Scooter Braun connection that sent Justin and Haley there? Possibly. Possibly. A source also told us a little bit more about what's been going on between these two, between Kim and Kanye in the last couple of months. One source told us that Kanye has been in Wyoming for the last year. Kim goes about once every five weeks and brings the kids. When together, things are fine between them, but they haven't been spending time together because he moved his life completely to Wyoming, and that's not where their life is. A source also told us Kim is not leaving the relationship because of this current situation. But before the situation, over the last three months, they had been talking about divorce. Kim has wanted to make this marriage work, and so has Kanye. They both still love each other, and there's still some interest in making this marriage work, but in recent months, it has looked way less likely. Guys, what are your thoughts? I'm just happy that the world can really relate to Kim Kardashian about being mad at your boyfriend and crying in a Wendy's parking lot. I want to know what they got at Wendy's. I saw, I think there was chicken McNuggets. Being, it was a spicy uh, chicken not sandwich. They wouldn't be McNuggets because they oh, don't sorry. sell McDonald's products at a Wendy's. But yes, I spicy chicken sandwiches. I hope she had a taco salad because that was always my favorite at Wendy's. <laughs> can you still get that at Wendy's? Well, no. <laughs> I also like always love the chili. Chili. Much stuff. like you, not really concerned with the serious matters at hand. <laughs> Kim, Kim's not focused on what Kanye is saying. A source told us is that she's focused on his well-being. Another source told us that Kanye doesn't want to have people tell him what to do. He's not someone who responds well to this, but that he is definitely charging ahead with running for president. Oh God. Our source that I know, I know. I know. Our source said Kim knows Kanye needs help and support and taking on big projects like running for president can be something very mentally taxing. Everyone is worried. Kim is a hands-on mom. She doesn't travel much anymore. So she's based in LA with her four kids. So no one knows that things will get worse with Kanye over stabilized. I'm pretty much convinced these two are doomed. I love Kim. I always loved Kim. I think their kids are adorable. I love that We've seen Courtney pretty much take the kids and all the cousins hanging out because they're trying to just, you know, keep the kids away from this. I hope Kanye gets the help he needs, drops out of the presidential race. And I hope Kim finds someone else. Yeah, I A think A lawyer, perhaps? An Armenian think, businessman? Yeah, I don't think that's going no. to happen anytime soon. I think we're going to be dealing with this for a lot longer. I mean, our source told us that Kim flew to Wyoming to plea with Kanye to get help and to try to figure out some sort of resolution for the two of them and their family. A source cautioned to us that it's not inevitable that they'll get divorced because there's obviously a desire to make it work. Otherwise, she would not have flown to Wyoming if she wasn't invested. 
But, you know, another source said that they are just clearly on completely different trajectories. And the whole, the, us finding out that he's been there for a year and that she hasn't really been seeing him except for every other five weeks. That's not... It's not a good sign. Not a good sign. Also confirmed about um, Nicole Bayer's Emmy nomination making history, by the way. Thank you. Side note. Thank okay. you. Sarah, spread fake news. Spe- speaking of confirmation, uh, wow, Brandy Glanville with the tag from... Denise Richards, weren't you surprised by that screenshot that she shared? Yes, I was. I mean, I'm so happy that this is all finally playing out on Real Houses of Beverly yes. Hills. In tonight's episode, which I have seen, Denise hears about it. And you get a little bit more of the whole bravo, bravo, bravo. And the breaking of the fourth wall. It's like Denise straight up is talks to the camera. Like there's a lot of uh, fourth wall breaking and drama. And they're all, you know, as they were last week, accusing Denise of trying to protect her image. Clearly, Brandy's coming in here. And Brody, you had an amazing exclusive interview with Brandy. And she was, you know, giving her side of the story. And it's pretty convincing. I don't know. I I kind of believe Brandy. I, yes, I I talked to Brandy last week. Sarah, you wrote up a great article that you can find on our website. And I think it answers a lot of people's questions about why Brandy didn't say anything right away and what happened to the two of them afterwards. And I think Brandy has so many specific details. Why would Denise do the bravo, bravo, bravo and talk to the cameras if this was totally unfounded? Wouldn't she just shrug it off and be like, what are you talking about? That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Literally and death I, protesting too much. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I also, the bravo, bravo, bravo of it all is so interesting. And I know Kyle, I remember I went back because I was recapping this episode and I was like, oh, Kyle, like explain that, that apparently like they used to say that when they needed to stop filming because they were like switching the film and like checking their makeup. Like it was much more because of, they were like being, they were filming a reality show and we didn't have the technology and stuff we have now. And Denise has trying to be, use it to get scenes cut out of the show because they're not going to break the fourth wall, but Bravo clearly doesn't care. And they are airing. It's, it's very meta. And I love that. I love reality TV breaking the fourth wall. So I know you do. Well, Sarah, there's been some I believe really I made that an intention as well a few months ago and manifested it. So <laughs> There's been, I know you and Gwen are both real hardcore royal watchers. Sarah, why don't you fill us in a bit about what this big bombshell book is this week and why everyone's talking about the formerly Fab Four, Harry, Meghan, Will, and Kate. Yes, well, Finding Freedom isn't even out yet. It doesn't come out until August 11th, but there's some excerpts that were given to the Times, the Sunday Times in the UK that are making waves. And it's pretty much, it's saying a lot of things that we had heard before, but apparently this book has over a hundred sources and close friends of Meghan and Harry and Royals. And we're finding out more about how Kate and Meghan just never really hit it off. And there was one, the story that really stood out to me was this story about Meghan and Kate going shopping on the same street and they left at the same time, but Kate allegedly went the other way on purpose so she wouldn't have to go into the store with Meghan. Really bad. A few things like that. And just that they never got along to begin with. It also confirms that that last awkward encounter we saw with all of them at Commonwealth Day, when it was very obvious that Will and Kate were not acknowledging Harry and Meghan, um, that all of that was, you know, very last minute with them not walking in with the Queen and their name being taken out of the program and some behind the scenes on that and confirming that they did, you know, in fact, pretty much ignore them. But Gwen, what stood out to you? I mean, I am just so into every single little factoid that is coming out of this book. Like the fact that they may have been engaged, that Meghan and Harry may have been engaged months before the official announcement. I mean, that's just juicy, juicy, juicy. 
I also think it's interesting that, I mean, this book seems to be not like a little bit, you know, pro Harry and Meghan, I would say. A little bit? (laughs) um, But something that I thought was interesting is that a narrative, again, I haven't been able to read the whole book yet, but a narrative that I'm seeing is that it really, according to this book, Harry wanted out and kind of Meghan was more so willing, apparently in tears that she wanted to make it work but then supported him, but he was going to make the decision. Whereas I feel like we all always kind of thought, and maybe still some do, think that Megan kind of took him out. Partly, but I also have always thought that she bought into that relationship because she wanted to be a princess and she wanted the fame and she wanted to be part of the royal family. And so I actually, I, I don't know. I don't know. I really have so many thoughts that conflict. Same. I, I, I they conflict. But I can't wait to read it, the entire book, start to finish, three times. Three times, she says. At least. Well, real quick, by the way, just thinking of books that I've read that I loved, Jessica Simpson, you know I'm the biggest open book stan ever. Wait, you like that book? We haven't heard. Um, (laughs) Yeah. She was on Catherine Schwarzenegger's podcast, and she revealed that she sent the book to the girl who abused her. Wow. Wow. And they had a confrontation like eight years ago, and she spoke to her about it, and all about like forgiveness and stuff. And she sent her the book because she wants to help her heal. Wow. I love Jessica Simpson. I love Jessica Simpson too. I couldn't love her more. Everything about her. I do. uh, I love her. I need an open book sequel. Rarely do I have such unadulterated love that like, I I don't know, for a first celebrity like that. You know who I don't have unadulterated love for? Wow, that's hard to say. The Chainsmokers. And it's not because it's not because I wanted to date Chantal Jeffries and Chantal Jeffries confirmed her romance with Drew Taggart. No, it's because of that crazy concert they threw that your governor, um, Gwen, said that he's launching an investigation for it. Travis, did you see a little bit about it? What what did you Uh, see? I sure did. I watched like so much about it. The Chainsmokers threw this big concert in the Hamptons. It was all supposed to be like drive-in movie style, people in their cars, just listening to them. But it didn't turn out like that. And I was watching some of the concert goers and they were actually saying that it was the follow-up act and the CEO of Goldman Sachs that when he came on the stage, then everybody got out of their cars, which was so (laughs) strange to me that they're like, screw the Chainsmokers. I want the CEO of Goldman Sachs. I got to bum rush the stage. Oh my uh, God. Yeah, it just became a hot ass Corona soup mess. Gross. Speaking of uh, hot messes, the ongoing battle between Leah Remini and the Church of Scientology. Guys, those quotes. We obviously reached out to Tom Cruise and the Church of Scientology for comment. They did not get back to us, but Leah Remini told us. I think it's time for people to start waking up to the real facts here. Tom has for years manipulated his image to be the good guy. Although I believe there was a time when Tom was a decent, kind-hearted person, he has morphed himself into David Miscavige and is completely dedicated to Scientology's mission to clear planet Earth, which means making 80% of the world's population into Scientologists. Now, she talked more about the past and Tom and Nicole, but and then she talked about, you know, because recently we heard... Tondi Newton was talking about what a nightmare it was to work with Tom Cruise and how much he was sort of like talking about Scientology. I'm like, Leah Remini, go you, but I, I, I'm I'm nervous for her. This is like quite, quite big guns to be blazing. I know she's fearless, but holy moly. I yeah. couldn't love Leah Remini more. She has a new podcast. It's kind of a continuation of her show. And I feel like it's going to give us even more tea and details because it like, I feel like on a podcast, as we know, we kind of just say things and 
hope for the best. And I feel like on a show that's edited, I mean, A&E, that show was amazing, Scientology and the Aftermath. But I feel like on a podcast, you have even more freedom to kind of throw stuff out there. And I think it's going to be really good. And she talked about, I haven't listened to it yet, but like how Scientology handles death after um, the recent deaths of Kelly Creston and uh, Lisa Marie's son who she was a Scientologist for years. So uh, I, you know, I always applaud Leah Remedy and I always also worry about her. But as we've said before, I mean, if she said, if something happens to me, I think you know where to look. Yeah. Well, you know what it's time for? It's time for Celebrity Birthday Boxing Mania. Oh, that's right. Where we step into the imaginary ring, put on some imaginary gloves on the celebrities who are celebrating their birthdays this week and set them into imaginary matches. This round of Celebrity Birthday Boxing will be refereed by Ashley Parker Angel from O-Town. Who turns 39 on August 1st. CBK. <laughs> Gwen, Sandra Bullock turned 56 on July 26th. And Kate Beckinsale turned 47 on July 26. Who wins? I mean, this is really, really tough because I've seen Kate Beckinsale do her own stunts. However, as amazing as she looks, Sandra Bullock, to be Sandra Bullock, who you know has to be some freaky freaky to have married Jesse James. I think that she could take on anybody and take them down. She wins at 56. Sandra Bullock. The stars, speed one and two. Travis Cronin, Hillary Swank turns 46 on July 30th, and noted transphobe J.K. Rowling turns 55 on July 30th. Oh my God, Brody. Well, isn't this a treat? I never condone violence, but it's really nice that Hillary Swank is trained from her iconic <laughs> transgender role, Boys Don't Cry. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say Million Dollar Baby. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah that's what I meant. No, what? yeah, but she wasn't a fighter. She was beaten up and abused in Boys Don't Cry, but she was a, she was a boxer, a million dollar baby. Okay, but keep that's going. You, you're about. correct. You're, you're yeah. correct with your logic. All of those movies. She's had training with abuse and boxing. I'm so sorry, JK. <laughs> I hope she's padded because you're going down and you're going down hard. Sarah Huron, Lori Laughlin. <gasps> the mom to your problem at a queen, Olivia Jade, turns 56 on July 28th. And Elizabeth Berkeley, star of Showgirls, turns 48. Jesse Spano versus Aunt <laughs> yeah. Becky. Saved by the bell, too. Wow, Bethany, wow. I mean, something tells me that Lori Laughlin has been training for her stint in prison. And she might tell Jesse Spano, I'm so excited, I'm so excited, I'm so scared. Just go back to Bayside. Lori this, Laughlin. This might be the hardest round where we've had three duking it out in the ring. Travis, it's 56-year-old Sandra Bullock. 46-year-old Hillary Swank and 56-year-old Lori Laughlin. Who is oh the celebrity birthday well, box? Three queens. It's, it's, it's an unexpected twist, but Kate Beckinsale actually reemerges <laughs> as her Underworld <laughs> character and knocks them all out because after seeing Underworld 1, 2, and 3 and Doomsday, Kate Beckinsale wins this round. I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you guys, we are almost the 25 things you don't know about me, but a quick, quick moment to... Go over the news of coronavirus. Obviously, we're still very much in the throes of coronavirus, and there are more celebrities coming forward um, to share that they have tested positive or recovered. Mel Gibson shared that he was positive in April via his rep. He was treated, and he was in the hospital, and then he tested positive for the antibodies. Doja Cat, after she had um, joked about coronavirus at the beginning, she revealed recently that she got COVID, and she didn't know how it happened, but... She did. Anna Camp also said that she went out once without a mask, and that's when she got coronavirus. 
Shannon Bedore, star of Real Housewives of Orange County. She shared that she had coronavirus and so did her three daughters. Very scary. Then, of course, you have someone like Madonna who was sharing fake conspiracies that there is a cure for coronavirus, that there has been one for months. And she was sharing a doctor who has been denounced as someone who said that people get gynecological problems by having sex in their dreams with demons. So Madonna needs to go with JK Rowling and delete social media and just like stop. She really does. But I'm sure there will be more updates on that front next week. Well, guys, I went into our... Mm -hmm. Deep Library and pulled an issue from September 2011 because now you're going to guess who we did this 25 Things You Don't Know About Me list with for that issue. Listeners, you can play along as my three co-hosts try to guess. I'm going to skip number one. I'm going to skip number two. Oh my God. Number, number three. No, you can't, you, you can't get it. Number three. I love my real housewives of Atlanta and Beverly Hills. Miami, not so much. Number four, I met Charlie Chaplin when I was six. I have a photo, but no actual memory of it. Number five, I'm very disorganized. Number six, shopping for clothes make my head hurt. Number seven, I work out nearly every day. Yes, I know how annoying that sounds. Number eight, I love fast food. Number nine, I need to eat better. Number 10, I collected toy soldiers when I was young. Robert Downey Jr. No. Number Definitely doesn't watch Real Housewives. Number 11, skip. <laughs> number 12, I've been addicted to TV since I was little. Number Sarah 13. Hannon. Number 13, <laughs> I was number 13, I was a Dungeons and Dragons geek when I was young. I spent a lot of time indoors. Number 14, I could fall asleep anywhere at any time. Number 15, I was a child model. Embarrassing. Number 16, I don't drink any hot liquids. No tea, no coffee. Is it's it like great. Rob Lowe? <sighs> Number 17, oddly, my favorite ice cream flavor is coffee. Number 19, I don't like to wear sunglasses no matter, no matter how bright out it is. Number 19, I struggled with dyslexia. I know. Number 19, I struggled with dyslexia as a child. Number Sarah 20, no, <laughs> number 20, chocolate chip cookies make me happy. Number 21, I can't sing and won't try. Number 22, I'd like to dance, but never on TV. Number oh, 23, Berkeley. Number 23, I've bitten my nails for as long as I can remember. Number 24, I'm a dog person and I have a dog named Molly. Oh my God, so did I. But I've recently discovered cats are okay too. Number 25, I like to assume the best about people until I'm proven wrong. Number one that I skipped was I started going gray in college. Number two is I wish I still had brown hair. Diane Keaton. That's what you skipped? Yes. And number 11 is I became a reporter by going to wars oh, by Anderson myself. Oh, Anderson Cooper. Yeah! Oh, I love You can do it. I know you can do it. I love him. I love him. I love him. Who knew? some weird facts. No hot liquids? I don't so even care. Hot chocolate in the winter. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for joining our Hot Hollywood podcast this week. We hope you join us again next week because we hope you're enjoying your time with us and maybe even learning something from it because we do try to deliver the hottest, most relevant news to you each week. Please share, like, subscribe, tell a friend about this weekly news podcast, and please tell us. Find us on social media and let us know your thoughts, what you want to hear more of, or maybe who you want to hear from. Otherwise, we hope you join us again next week on Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood podcast. So long and farewell until next week. Bye. Bye.